0: You're listening to No Names All Game. Ladies and
1: gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of No Names All Game. Today is Wednesday, September 7th. As we record this, we are here to preview the matchup between your Nittany Lions and the Ohio Bobcats. Uh, This is the first matchup in 10 years between these teams, I think, at least at home. Uh, 2012, week one, when we lost
0: to the Ohio Bobcats. That that was miserable.
1: (laughs) Under Bill O'Brien, it was. Brutal. So if nothing else, this is a revenge game. <laughs>
0: That's right. Baby. My
1: name is Chris Hankin. Joined as always by my co-host Pat Kalikio. We are here to preview this matchup against the Ohio Bobcats, who are one and oh. They had a thrilling victory, 41-38 over FAU in week one. They are coming off a three and nine season. The current spread is Penn State minus 25 and a half. Over under is 54. And if you are concerned at all about a win, the money line is minus 35 which means you would have to bet $3,500 on Penn State to win 100 That should tell you all you need to know. Pat, how are you feeling about this game?
0: Uh, Listen, I'm not going to sit here and fool you guys into thinking that I know a ton about Ohio football this year. But from what I have seen, honestly, it looks like we're just getting a kind of similar worse version of what we just played in Purdue. It's going to be a pass-heavy team. Uh, they're not bad at running the ball, but they're not great. Um, they're certainly not. They should, certainly shouldn't be able to run all over our defense. Um, but it looks like their quarterback can sling the ball. Twenty-seven for thirty-four, three hundred forty-five yards and four touchdowns in their opening week. I don't care who that's against, man. That's that's a week.
1: Yeah, not bad when you're completing damn near 80% of your passes for those kind of numbers. Uh he is a returning quarterback, his name is Curtis Rourke. He is a junior. Uh last season, uh completed about 65% of his passes for just over 1800 yards, 11 touchdowns to seven interceptions. So in week 1, Uh, He is already like 30% of his total touchdowns from last year. He had a really big week one other guys to highlight on their team uh, running back. Sia Bangura is a freshman week one. He went 23 carries for 115 yards. That is five yards per carry. Uh, And they had five wide receivers with four or more catches led by two seniors. James Bostic went six catches for 136 yards and one touchdown and Sam Wigless five catches, 59 yards, and two touchdowns. So they put up a lot of points. They let up a lot of points. Uh, We look at their defense, two sacks in week one, two forced fumbles, four passes defended. Their leading tackler was their safety. Ben Johnson had 15 tackles. Uh, The next highest on the team was seven. They let up 100 rushing yards at 3.4 per carry and 364 passing yards with five touchdowns. So There's a lot going on here. If you've ever listened to one of our preview shows, we're going to go through a couple of categories for you. We're going to talk about what to watch for. We're going to give you a don't be surprised if, which is kind of a bold prediction. We're going to give you a key to victory and then a final prediction. So Pat, let's start with your what to watch for.
0: Yeah, those are got to be honest. Those are some kind of confusing stats because if you, if you were to tell me that someone's leading tackler was their safety, I would have said, okay, so they gave up a thousand yards rushing. Mm Hmm but they only came up a hundred yards, like a, a three something average, which is unfortunately right on par with what Penn state has done for the past two plus years at the running back position. Um, But my, my, listen, my, what to watch for is going to be how Penn state operates in this running game. I think it is very clear from the beginning of their week, one strategy that they're very willing to come out this game and just go, okay, who's going to give us the best chance to run the ball. We're we're getting our first few possessions. We're going handoff handoff, and we're going to give you a chance to get a first down. Um, listen, if we don't break the hundred yard mark rushing in this game after FAU did it, I don't care if they barely did it. But if FAU can do it, so can Penn State. Please, if, if I mean please, give me a hundred yard rusher
1: here. i agree listen if fau is getting 100 we should go for 175 easily as a team as a team if you find the hot hand hopefully hopefully we have a a rush that's longer than 12 yards which was our long last week hopefully you see you see nick singleton or katron island break one for 30 40 yards um yeah it was frustrating to watch week one you know we have these guys who are explosive who come in with all the hype who we expect to kind of really break out and and you know, we didn't really see that in week one. So, um, you know, the theme of this episode for me is going to be when you're playing a team with lesser talent, you should be able to dominate in all aspects. And the run game is just another one of them. For me, what to watch for is pressure on the quarterback, especially from the D line. Uh, Our only sacks against Purdue came in the fourth quarter. If you listen to our uh, recap episode, Pat breaks down a little bit of why that was, you know, Aiden O'Connell getting the ball out very quickly. Um, But still, we just didn't get any pressure early in the game. Uh, Two of our three sacks came from non-defensive linemen, came from Sutherland and Dixon, uh, which we can expect to see from Manny Diaz. He does bring a lot of blitzes. He is very aggressive. He will bring people to get that extra pressure. Uh, But I need to see this D-line get pressure against a lesser O-line. I want to see them living in the backfield and making this quarterback uh, his life a nightmare. He got sacked four times against FAU. I want to see like six, seven, eight sacks in this game. I just It just has to happen.
0: Yeah, I I love that. And I I think Penn State's defensive line should be able to get there. Like you mentioned the four sacks from FAU. Penn State should be able to match that. Uh, But it also, that and their quarterback stat line. He, he completed 27 passes for 345 yards. He's not doing what Purdue did. He's not getting rid of the ball in 2.3 seconds. They're they're right. running 10, 12 yard routes. You know, he's going to have to hold on to the ball if they come in with the same game plan for this game as they did for FAU. That he's going to be holding the ball for long enough for our defensive lineman to be able to get there. So there's no excuse if they don't get sacks unless they completely alter their style of play for this game.
1: Yeah, and like we talked about, our secondary being a strength of this team, if he's holding the ball and they're running these longer routes, our secondary is going to lock them down. You should be able to get some of these coverage sacks, even if you're not getting immediate pressure. So, yeah, I'm watching for like a five-plus sack game. All
0: right, don't be surprised if, what's a bold prediction you have for this game, Pat? Uh, Don't be surprised if there's a lot of yellow on the field during this game. Uh, I I thought the refs were very much kind of let them play during the Purdue game. And as far as the defensive backs on both sides of the field went, um, we know Joey Porter Jr. has a reputation for being a little grabby. And I think refs look out for that. Um, And as far as I'm concerned, it seems like this Ohio team is going to try and stretch the field out. Like I said, this kid was averaging 10 yards per attempt. That's a lot for a quarterback at that level. Um, and the, you know, the running back is good. A five yard average is great. I don't think they're going to be able to do that against Penn state. So that leads to the strength of their team at passing the ball and passing it deep. That leads yeah. to sometimes in the college football game, that leads to a lot of flags,
1: especially yeah, early yeah. in the season. Yeah, I almost gave out an award uh, in uh, in our recap episode, the Sheldon Cooper Award from Big Bang Theory. He has a show called Fun With Flags. <laughs> I was going to just give it to the refs because I felt like there were flags galore. Um, but, yeah, hopefully hopefully we're not seeing a ton this week. But well, don't Purdue got either. a lot of flags. Penn State didn't yes. get called for that many. No, no, I was just going to give it to the refs because there were yeah. so many <laughs> dead flags. Um, all right, for me, don't be surprised if – if you've ever listened to this show, this is one of my favorite things to predict. Don't be surprised if Parker Washington has a big punt return. Now, I'm not going to say a return for a touchdown. That's is premature. That right? <laughs> but a big punt return. Number one, expect Ohio to punt often. Our defense should be good enough that these guys are punting a lot. Parker was, the, I think, the only punt returner in the first game. I don't remember seeing anyone else back there. Uh, and he looked excited. I won't say he looked great because I think he ended with like a a net of two yards, Uh, but he looked excited. No, it it literally on the ESPN, it says uh, punt returns Parker, Washington, two punt returns for one yard. Well, a lot better than that. Yeah. So he had, um, he had his first one where he he danced around way too much, but he was looking to make something big happen. Uh, He had another one where he got tackled, but like, He thought he stayed up, so he kept going and got like 20 yards only to get called back because his forearm was down. Um, I think it's only a matter of time until he gets free. We saw Jahan have some big punt returns. I think Parker is very similar to where you get him in space, he can make guys miss. Don't be surprised if he has a big punt return against Ohio.
0: Re- really backing off your bold prediction of the past two years that it would be a punt return touchdown. I know. I'm trying to get one right. <laughs> and if I just say big <laughs> punt return, that gives me a big That's cushion fair. to fall under. That is so, uh,
1: he, Listen, if he if he has a punt return of like 20-plus yards, I feel good about that. I hope one goes to the crib.
0: I like it. All right.
1: Uh, this is going to be a short episode. It's Ohio. There's not a lot to talk about. Pat, what is your key to victory?
0: I mean, just actually show up. There is no question that Penn State is putting the more talented team on the field. I'm not going to say that this Ohio team is untalented. You don't get a guy who completes almost 80% of his passes for 350 yards and four touchdowns with no interceptions without talent. You don't run the ball for a nearly five-yard average with no talent. But you don't do that against a Big Ten opponent either when you're Ohio. You know you're the better team, but you are not a good enough team to just walk onto the field and win any game on your schedule. The coaches have to have an actual game plan. The players have to go out there and take this game seriously. I, I've been hearing about a one and zero oh mentality for like a decade. Let's let let's bring it this week.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Mine is uh, mine is very similar. The key to victory here is develop depth. Uh, I'm not talking about just victory on the scoreboard. That should happen. A victory this week is a blowout that allows us an opportune time to get young guys legit playing time all over the field. Uh, personally, I think Drew Aller should be starting the entire second half. Clifford should get us a big enough lead in the first half that Drew can play the entire second half. We should see all the young guys all over the defense getting reps. We should see both young running backs probably even more than we did in week one. This is a time to develop depth and get your guys that you're going to need down the stretch. Get them real playing time in real college football games. Let them develop. They call him big picture Chris over here. I'm a big picture guy, man. Uh, I forgot some of our Twitter questions from our last episode, so I'll read them now. Uh, CJ Scalzetti, our good friend, said, Do we see Aller get some series, please God, yes, that are not mop-up duty against Ohio? Personally, I think Ohio is a team that Clifford should have us up three or four scores at halftime. He should. That's enough time. And That's not mop-up to me. Getting the entire second half to play meaningful snaps, that's not mop-up. Mop-up to me is when you bring them in halfway through the fourth quarter and just run the ball. Um, I think we should see Aller for a full half of the ball.
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, I wouldn't be shocked if it's not quite to that extent, because again, I do think I do think this coaching staff and Mike Yersich are gonna go out there and really try and run the ball. You know, I, I don't think they're gonna be handing Sean Clifford, hey, pass the ball on first down. Let let's just run up the score. I I don't see that happening. I really don't. Um, so don't be like shocked if we're not running that score up in the first quarter. Um, but I, 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 I think Aller should see the field before, yeah, before the point where it's just handoff run, It's would be, like you know, see... midway through the third quarter, start of the fourth quarter, this game should be well enough in hand that you sit down a, a Sean Clifford who's dealt with enough injuries in his career that it's the smart thing to do and that you're getting playing time for young guys.
1: Yeah, this is a team. I think we should be up twenty-four nothing at halftime, like easily, like easily. Even I if we are just running the ball 24
0: nothing, though, I don't see them not trotting out Sean Clifford for at least the first possession. That's so. That's such bullshit. Such bullshit in my tell, eyes. Tell, tell me. Tell me. I'm wrong though. That, that they're not going to want to send Sean Clifford out to get the first touchdown of the second half, and then they'll put in someone else. All
1: right, fine. I'm fine with that. Give him the first. Series, I, I'm not saying what they that they should.
0: They should do. But tell me that's not what you think they'd actually
1: do. I'm fine with one series. Honestly, I don't know why though. Why give him the? Fir- Who gives a shit if he has the first touchdown? I'm not even saying that? the
0: first series. I mean the first touchdown to go up by thirty plus. Fine, but I don't think we should
1: need to. I think I think you, you, you you give you're, it- you're
0: saying this like I'm saying this is. This I, is know,
1: I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not coming at you. I am. I'm hypothetically responding to James Franklin as he calls that in the headset. <laughs> so like you're trying to just We're gonna win.
0: shouldn't do this. Yeah.
1: No, I'm just I'm putting it out into into the world so that James Franklin hears me and says, "Let's go, Drew." Here and or there, uh, it is time to get to a final prediction. Like I mentioned, the line is 25 and a half. Uh, started at 26 and a half, so some Ohio betters out there. Uh, 25 and a half over under is 54. Pat, what is your final prediction
0: for this game? All right, 25 and a half. See, I, I think Ohio's going to score a few points. Um, so I'm going to go. I'm going to say Penn State puts up like 52 points. I'm going like 52-17. Okay. So you got Penn State and the over. Yeah, I'm taking the over in this game. All right.
1: I love that. Uh, I have it very similar. I think we put up points. I actually have a little less than you. I have it at 45 10. Um, I don't see I don't see them putting up a ton of points. I think we give up one one touchdown in the second half of garbage time, but I think our first team D should hold them to three or less. And I think 45 for us is like I said, we go up 24, 27 at halftime. And then the second half is let Drew and the kids run. And, and scoring slows down a little bit, but we still put up a ton of points. So I got it 45, 10. I think we win this one in a big one. Get the momentum going into week three.
0: I like that. I actually like your score prediction better. But I'm sticking to mine. I'm sticking to it.
1: All right. <laughs> Check it out. Well, I'll tweet the I'll tweet these out. We'll see who's closer. Uh and if you're following us on Twitter, each week I will be tweeting out uh asking you for what your best bet of the game is. We will be betting on it every week. We will take the winnings from the previous week, roll it over. We won last week on Penn State minus three and a half. Barely. <laughs> it's a four-point win, but damn it, we'll take it. Uh, I actually made it Penn State minus three because I was scared. So we bet $50. We won 40 Our bank is now at $90. So this week, whatever you guys think is the best bet, whether it's Penn State minus 25 and a half, whether it's Ohio plus 25 and a half, over 54, under 54, whatever you guys vote on, I will be betting $90 on, and I hope we win and roll that but into. I might next
0: be week. feeling the over on this one. They are very unusual for me.
1: I'm kind of hoping that's what people pick because I think it's gonna hit. But we will we will roll that money over week over week over week over week. So if we continue to win, we will build that bankroll up. And at the end of the season, I will split whatever I have with one lucky follower. So that's all we got for you, Pat. Any last words for the fans before we take on Ohio in the home opener at Beaver Stadium?
0: Uh, let, let me tell you, fans, it it is not every day that old Pat feels real good about an over. This this is this is one of those days. I've, I've got a feeling, you know, I got, got a feeling. feeling. I wasn't going to go there. I thought about it. I wasn't going to, you brought it there. I'm bringing it back. All right. I still like the over though.
1: I like it over, over points, 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 points. Let's put on a show for the fans in Beaver stadium. Let's go one and all this week. We are.